0: Welcome to share Group's opinion channel, Sandbrook's Soapbox. It's embedded deep within the DNA of our founder, Claire Sandbrook, to share her ideas and opinions when it comes to all things sharing. With a unique vantage point and a strong point of view, Claire is renowned for her straight talking approach when it comes to enforcement operations. So come along as that's all to come here on Sandbrook's Soapbox. Hello, everyone. Today, I wanted to talk to you about a situation which we're finding in the county courts of England and Wales, and you may have seen me post on LinkedIn about it, but I wanted to bring that post to life so you could see how disappointed and irritated I am not only for myself and our community of clients here in Shergroup, but for the civil justice system as a whole. Now, it's unusual for me to come out quite so openly in an open forum and talk about the situation of the civil courts. But let me say this. If we ran Sher group the way that the civil courts are run. We wouldn't have a company. And, and, And the problem is, is that you've lost the plot. You, the government and the agencies that work under you, you've lost the plot in terms of understanding that these services are paid for by creditors and claimants. They're not free. You're not doing this for free. And in fact, the whole court system is based on taxpayer money. That's all your wages, all the judges' wages, all your pensions. It's all paid for by the British taxpayer. And you are doing people a disservice. And one area in which I is acutely um, at law, at uh, sea, is this issue of landlords being able to get back their property? Now, you may have a view about the rights and wrongs mm-hmm. of landlords, but I see landlords cross my path every day, and the you know my team look after landlords with and without legal advice, and they are not pension fund owners. They are not the wealthy gentry you know and if you're stereotyping landlords in that way well shame on you because you know what many of the landlords that we see that want their property back are landlords who have invested in property to bolster their pension they're ordinary people maybe they've done well maybe they had a little more money to invest maybe they just had ingenuity not a lot of money and they've invested it in property and they're managing their property portfolios in a system that is against them. And I don't know why it's against them, because they're actually doing a public service by housing people who can't afford to buy a house. There isn't any social housing or not enough social housing to put tenants in. And the landlords are actually providing a service to government. Try and think of it that way. But they're not receiving a service back from government. Now I understand the whole issue about section 21 notices and no-fault evictions. No no one should be evicted because they haven't done anything wrong, I guess. Although there is a school of thought that a landlord has a prerogative to ask for their property back and get their property back if they decide one day they wake up and they decide they want their property back. But that at the moment is going against what we need and, and it, it doesn't fly. So no fault evictions are a, t- a hot topic. The fact is, I haven't met any landlords who just for no reason at all got up in the morning and decided that they wanted their property back. A landlord wants their property back when the rent isn't being paid, and or the tenant is a nuisance. And I don't mean you know that they um, leave their milk bottles out, or they they don't clear out their rubbish bin. I'm talking about persistent um, trashing of a property, causing major dilapidations and or antisocial behaviour, which causes difficulties in a, any given area, any given neighbourhood. I mean, serious stuff. People then want to remove that tenant from their property. So they go to court and they issue a claim for possession. And if they're smart, they'll put in the claim for possession that they want permission to transfer any eventual possession order to the high court for enforcement. And they do that so that they can then issue a writ of possession to a high court enforcement officer like me, rather than issuing a warrant of possession to a county court bailiff and they do that should make that choice because county court bailiffs can't offer them a service where they pick the date and the eviction happens on that date now this situation has always been in place for the last nearly 20 years and it's unsatisfactory and unnecessary and the government could have so easily streamlined this To allow claimants, claimant landlords, to decide how they wanted their property um, uh, possession order enforced, did they want to stick with the county court bailiff, in which case you use a warrant of possession, or did you want to tick a box and pay extra money and transfer it to the high court? That's it's as easy as that. Do you want public sector or private sector enforcement? And remember that private sector enforcement is not. Some kind of, you know, um, out of uh, outlawed situation. High Court enforcement officers, me, I am appointed by the Lord Chancellor on the advice of the Lord Chancellor's delegated person, who is the Queen's Remembrancer, who is the senior master of the Queen's Bench Division of the High Court. They are very senior judicial appointments. And they appoint me and entrust me with the enforcement of writs issued in my name. And every authorised high court enforcement officer is the same. We are not private sector in the sense that we can do as we like and we can, we can, you know, take tenants and chuck them out on the street. That's your stereotype. You are way off the mark. The handling of the general public when it comes to eviction, we know This is the most draconian enforcement method on the statute books. Somebody losing their home, nobody takes that lightly. Everybody takes it carefully, but not to the point of not being able to do it. Because what happens then, the administration of justice comes to a standstill. And we are on the verge of that at the moment. And what Particularly picked it off this week was that courts in London have decided that there isn't enough PPE, personal protection equipment, to safeguard bailiffs doing evictions. And therefore, because they can't get the PPE, they won't do any. Okay, I suppose that's a county court decision. Well, where's that business going to go then? Where are those evictions going to go? Are they going to come to the High Court? Well, there's another hurdle to climb, because judges are not making orders granting permission to transfer in the High Court, because for some reason, they have got it into their heads that there is a judicial discretion, which there is under Section 42, Subsection 2 of the County Courts Act 1984, which gives them the power to stop. Judgments and orders coming to the High Court, possession orders coming to the High Court for enforcement. Now, look, you may have the discretion as the judiciary, and I fully respect the judiciary. I'm appointed by the judiciary. I have worked my whole working life with judges. And I know many, many sensible, rational judges who it has been a pleasure to work with. But I also see I also see local practice. I also see bias. I don't say that lightly. Bias against landlords at large. Why should a landlord get possession and then enforce it in the High Court? Why can't he stay in this court and wait 16 to 19 weeks for his eviction? Why should I exercise my discretion? And let him jump the queue. Well, you're not letting anybody jump the queue. You're actually exercising a discretion which is on the statute book. And the reason the landlord has asked you to allow that judgment to be transferred to the High Court is because that landlord is desperate. Desperate for the rent, desperate for the property not to be trashed, desperate to stop antisocial behaviour, maybe desperate on a number of human levels. But ultimately, it's about the money. And if that's a dirty word to you, well, you know what? That's how everybody else lives. And they need their money to pay for the, for the value of the finance that they borrowed against that property. You're putting landlords in jeopardy. You're putting their investments in jeopardy which they have often worked long and hard for. This is not inherited wealth. This is not a lottery win. This is a portfolio or it might be just a single house. It might be their first foray into property investment. And you just crushed it by saying they can't have their property back. For no other reason than you think they should wait in a long queue because you have the power to do that. And I just don't think that's fair. And I think it denies access to justice. I think the discretion is being abused. And we need to have transparent reasons and transparent criteria from the judiciary, which is what we should expect as to the the, uh, bar that you expect landlords to jump over to guarantee to you that this is the fair um, exercise of your duty. And I don't mind that. Now, I understand that a letter has been circulated amongst district judges and that information comes from members of the bench themselves saying that there is to be a sort of blanket stop on transferring judgments, uh, possession orders from the county court to the high court. Now, that cannot be, because as we all learn at law school, each case turns on its own facts. It's the landlord to make out his case as to why he wants the permission. There's no doubt in my mind about that. And we're not talking about millions of cases. We're talking of tens, tens Mm -hmm. of cases. And when those, those landlords decide they want to pay the premium, to transfer to the High Court and enforce in the High Court, then you should look very carefully at that as members of the judiciary and you should be supported in that decision-making by your executive, which is Her Majesty's Courts and Tribunal Service, and above that, you should be supported by government policy from the Ministry of Justice. That is the legal framework that organises all of these things. And I've worked with all of those departments over the years. I've worked with the Association of District Judges. I've worked with uh, HMCTS. I still work with HMCTS today. Very reasonable people. I've worked with senior judges all the way up to Lord Wolfe, who came to look at my office back in 1996, to look at my system for transfer of judgments from the county court to the high court, because nobody else had thought of it. So look, I've dealt with the great and the good. And this system is a mess and it needs to be sorted out. So, how can it be sorted out? Well, I'm all for giving government and policy officials and judges solutions because why not? Because you haven't got any. And you know, it is all about if you can't get the PPE for your bailiffs and you can't figure out how to handle this business, then release it to the high court, support judges in their decision making so that they feel comfortable about allowing possession orders to come to the High Court. Issue policy directives, counter the letter that the district judges have circulated themselves, counter that advice and let them use their discretion to unblock this logjam. And what does eviction look like in the High Court? I'm sure you want to know that. Well, let me explain that to you. Eviction is, as I said earlier, a very serious matter handled by trained high court enforcement agents. The writ is issued in my name. There's a process for serving a notice of eviction, I'm um, giving tenants the time to pack up and leave before we attend. During COVID, we were so careful. We even got a letter of thanks from the Lord Chancellor as to how careful we as high court enforcement officers had been. Now, that was a letter worth sending. And when we go to evict a family or a person, we do look at their situation. I've had people who have been very poorly. I've had them taken out in wheelchairs. I've had them taken out on stretchers. I've had them relocated to um, nursing homes and hospitals. I've had um, children that have been poorly living with mum and dad and having them removed from the property, and then having them rehoused. Look, it's it's not just a question of leaving people on the street. I've had old ladies that have been evicted, and we have sat with that old lady and held her hand until someone has come from social services to make sure that she's got the next place to go to. I mean, this is modern-day eviction. It has to be, because we have a responsibility to those that we handle on the the defendant's side. You're not thinking about that, are you? Because you've stereotyped us as bailiffs, and therefore everything gets done in a certain way. You are so wrong. And I, I think it's disappointing, after having worked in the industry for nearly 30 years, and and done what we've done to shine a light on how we operate, that you would come to that conclusion. Anyone looking at this Zoom is, I hope, being educated on what it means to be a high court enforcement officer and how we do take these responsibilities very seriously. So what can we do? Well, we don't have backlogs for evictions in the high court enforcement system. I don't know of any high court agency that has a backlog. A creditor, landlord, can book an appointment after the 14 days has expired on a date that suits them and their managing agents or any other services that they need to bring into a property. They can book a date in the diary and the eviction will be carried out with the right number of people, with the right PPE, It will be risk assessed, follow health and safety legislation, and it will be carried off quietly, discreetly and safely. With all that in mind, why is the issue of eviction such a problem area? It is a problem area just by the nature of what it is. We don't need to make it any worse. We just need to be sensible. We need to be logical. We need to be calm. We need to be empathic to the plight of both parties. There's two parties in this situation, not just the tenant. We need to understand and handle the competing interests of both. From Shergert's point of view, we can help tenant landlords every day of the week. I hope that you'll reach out to us. We also provide a legal clinic to look at your tenancy agreement and your documentation to make sure it's correct. You can have a free obligation call with us to start a conversation and then proper follow-up legal advice after that. And if that's where we get to, then we can issue proceedings or enforce Possession orders once we've got the permissions in place. You can check us out at sharegroup.com. And if you've got any comments on this uh, blog, then please share them with me. I'm, I'm interested to know what you feel about the topic of eviction. Have you been subject to the huge delays by county court bailiffs? Are you suffering now because of this PPE crisis in London? What would you do to sort the situation out between high court enforcement officers and county court bailiffs? I'd love to hear from you. The court of public opinion should never be underestimated. Some of the most sensible suggestions come from people that have no axe to grind. They just look at the situation very objectively and give us our views. So thank you very much for listening to me. Uh, have this moment on my soapbox. It is designed to help. It's not meant to be disrespectful to anyone. But look, can't go on like this. It's just not workable. And it's unnecessary in this day and age. Thanks, everyone. Until she gets on her soapbox, thanks again for tuning in to listen to Claire's point of view here on Sandbrook Soapbox. If you want to connect with Claire and her team, then just contact ShareGroup at ShareGroup.com or via the usual social media channels.